All right, welcome back to the Struggles of a Christian podcast. Uh, last time we were here, we talked about them praying with boldness. Uh, today, we're going to get into the next chapter of Paul's uh, Paul's ministry here on earth. Uh, last time we finished, he was going towards... Let's see, where were we last time? Last time we finished, he, he was uh, with the sorcerer, who was evil. <laughs> Paul called him all unrighteousness. <clears throat> so today we're going to start in Acts um, 13, 13. Now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch and Pisidia and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. So they're going to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Now this is the Jewish Sabbath day, which is Saturday, not the Christian Sabbath, which is Sunday. So the Jews are still following Saturday as the Sabbath. So Paul and Barnabas, they go to the synagogue and they sit down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue said, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation, did you catch that? Any word of exhortation for the people, say on. So they ask a preacher if he has any words of exhortation, anything he wants to say. <laughs> you might as well as ask the son if it has any light to spare. <laughs> Paul, of course, has something to say, but it's not exactly what the rulers of the synagogue asked for. They ask if he has any words of exhortation. Paul, of course, being Paul, he stood and he preached the word. Paul did not stand and speak some feel-good words, make everybody happy, pat him on the back as they go out the window. Nor did he preach a God loves you and you're okay. No. Paul stood in the synagogue and proclaimed Christ as the Son of God. He did not sugarcoat it. He did not give them words of exhortation. He gave them the gospel of Jesus. Something interesting happens here. In the next few verses, you're going to read what happens when Jesus is preached. When Jesus, just Jesus, Christ on the cross, and the Spirit is there, this is what happens. Now, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath day came, almost the whole city together, to hear the word of God. Paul stood and preached Christ, and next week, almost the whole city came to hear the word. That's fascinating. The, the power of the pure, unadulterated word of God. Paul spoke of Jesus, and the people wanted more. They wanted to hear and learn of this Son of God. 1345, but when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Now the Jews here that were uh, envious were not uh, fellow Christians, but they were rulers of the synagogue. They were full-on full Jews. They were not followers of Christ. 
This is why they were contradicting Paul. They thought he was a good Jew. They thought he was a guy who was going to stand up and, 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 and teach, you know, the Jewish law, but instead he stood up and preached Christ. And now they're realizing he is a Christian and he's not saying what they want. So they're jealous of all the crowds. So Acts 13, 46. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing ye put it from you, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained, and as as many as were ordained to eternal life, believed. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. Revival's breaking out. Jesus Christ, His word, His gospel, it's changing the area, changing the region. So once again, the Jews were given the word first. Paul and Barnabas went to synagogue. The synagogue rejected the message. Yet Paul is now openly stating that he is going to the Gentiles. And what do the Gentiles do when they find out that they're getting God's word to them? <laughs> they rejoice and glorify God. The Jewish leaders reject the message, reject Christ. The Gentiles glorified God that they are getting the opportunity to know him. They were hearing the gospel and they were accepting it. They were grateful that God gave them this opportunity. All the years the Jews considered themselves God's chosen. They are and they were. They are still God's chosen. They are. Yet they never saw the Messiah. They never knew God like he wanted them to know him. They got so caught up in their status their rituals, their ceremonies, they forgot a relationship is a two-way street. Kind of like the Christian in America today. God, can you do for me? Oh, I'm busy. I can't do anything for you, God. That's how the Christian in America is today, just like the Jew was. It's the same thing happening. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the men, uh, uh, the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. But they, Paul and Barnabas, shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. The Jews stirred up the devout and the honorable. Ever notice how the devout are so quickly riled up? Yet they never get riled up enough over the right things, do they? They never get riled up over those dying and going to hell. They never get riled up over their neighbor who is literally wasting away and going to hell. But we're sitting here, well, what can we do? We don't get riled up over that, do we? But you get riled up over this. Uh, they never get riled up over the sin of the world. But they got riled up over the truth, didn't they? Mm. So Paul and Barnabas are now being persecuted, kicked out of the city. And what do they do? They shake the dust off their feet just like Jesus told them to do. There were too many who want to hear of God, of Christ, and the gospel, and they were not going to be where they were not wanted. It's a good, good, 
good lesson here for a lot of people. And it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews and so spake that a great multitude, both of the Jews and also of the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil, affected against the brethren. Long time therefore abode they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Paul and Barnabas go to the synagogue. They'll be met with sarcasm and derision, but they went to the center of the opposition and they preach Christ. They know there's going to be trouble, yet they preach Christ to those who need it most. They did not wait for the people to come to them. They did not go to a safe place and preach. They went straight to the heart of the opposition and they preached Jesus. Have you ever noticed that pattern before? Have you ever stopped to consider what they did and how they did it? All of the persecution that Paul faced, have you ever realized, have you ever noticed, it was because Paul went boldly before to the Jews into their house, the synagogue. He went boldly into the synagogue, told them they were wrong, that Jesus was the Messiah, Jesus was God, and they killed him. Paul went into their house and told them this. That's how Paul operated. He went to those who needed it most, whether they wanted to hear it or not. Somehow in today's world, we've gotten away from that. We've decided they must come to us. We have decided not to step out of our comfort zone. Yet there is a people that must hear of Jesus. They must hear of the true Jesus and not the persona that Satan wants them to think he was. They must hear, for how can they decide Jesus or not if they never hear? They're going to be held accountable for their, for their decision, but they have to have the information. And how are they going to do that if we're not telling them? Paul went and spoke to everyone regardless of the consequences, regardless of whether they wanted to hear. He preached the gospel. He went into their arena and he spoke the word, that word being Jesus. 14.4, but the multitude of the city was divided, part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made, both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews with their rulers, to use them despitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it, and fled unto Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, and unto the region that lieth round about. And there they preached the gospel. Once again, Paul divided people with the word of God, the Gentiles, the Jews. There were believing Jews. There were believing Gentiles. There were unbelieving Jews. There were unbelieving Gentiles. He has divided them. The rulers of this, the synagogue had no argument to refute Paul and Barnabas, so they go with violence, insults, defamation. Funny how that works. When the truth doesn't get them, they, they want violence. They, they have violence in their in, on their minds. It's always amazing how the uninformed cannot stand on their reasonings and arguments but must resort to violence. They must resort to underhanded, backstabbing ways to put the light out. For the light of the world shines on their sin and their inadequacies. That's why they hate the truth, because it shows them who they are. Paul and Barnabas, though, they're aware of the treachery intended towards them, and they leave and head to Lyconia. And what do they do there? 
they preach the gospel. <laughs> Seems to be a recurring theme with Paul and Barnabas. The thing that always strikes me about Paul. He met Jesus on the road to Damascus, and he was a changed man, a changed life, a changed heart, and he wanted everyone he met to know the truth and to know Jesus. For the rest of his life, 40 years from the time of meeting Jesus to the time he died, he never once wavered in his testimony, his witness. He never once stopped telling people about Jesus. He spent all his time and energy preaching Jesus to all who would hear, and even those who would not, he still told them so they had the opportunity to make their choice. Jesus, not Jesus. That's what it all comes down to, that choice. But Paul was a changed man, and he never went back, ever. <clears throat> all right, Acts 14, 8. And there said a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. It's important, never walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of Lyconium, The gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. The people of Lyconia knew this guy had been crippled from the day of his birth. He had never walked. Never, ever walked. The people knew this. Paul had this guy get up. He leaped and he walked. And the people believed that Paul is a god. Paul perceived this man had the faith to be healed. I imagine it would take a lot of faith to hear and believe for that guy sitting there. Never walk. Paul says, get up and go. He got up and went. That's faith. The man leaped and walked. It's such a joy when you, when you, when you can you imagine the look on this guy's face when he leaped and he walked? First of all, he, he had never walked, never, ever walked, but yet he's leaping up and he's going. Think about that. He believed. He had faith. This guy who had never walked, leaped and walked. That's a testimony. That's something we need to preach about more and more often. The faith of these people who believed. And they didn't know how to do what they believed, what they, uh, what they were being told they could do now. The blind men, they didn't know how to see, but they believed they could. This guy leapt and walked. Man. When the people saw what had happened, they saw... The guy leaped and walked. They knew he had been uh, lame since birth, and they rejoiced, and they glorified. Yet, they know only of the myths and the fables, so they're calling Paul a god, little g, and not the god of the heavens, big g, the one true god. So they were going with what they knew. And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Jupiter, which was before their city, brought oxen and garlands unto the gates and would have done sacrifice with the people, which when the apostles Paul and Barnabas heard of, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out and saying, Sirs, why do ye these things? 
We also are men of like passage with you and preach unto you that you should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left himself not he left not himself without witness, in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these sayings, scarce restrained they the people that they had not done sacrifice unto them. The people and the priests are ready to worship and glorify for the miracle they had just seen. But they didn't know God. They just knew what they had seen in front of them, and they knew of their myths, their fables, and they called Jupiter and Mercurius. But they're ready to sacrifice. They're ready to glorify whoever did this. That's faith. Misplaced as it was, but they believed. They, they, they knew there was a higher power. They were ready to sacrifice to the gods, Paul and Barnabas, the ones they knew by reputation and reading and, and, and uh, oral tradition. To all those out there who say, and, and this, this is important though, to all those out there who say these people worship the same God as Paul and Barnabas just under a different name, they didn't. These people worshipped uh, a mythology. They worshipped false gods, Jupiter, Mercurius, no such thing. Just as Buddha, Islam, Catholicism, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses do not worship the same God as we do. How do we know that? Because my Bible says, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Catholics believe you go through the Pope. Mormons believe you go through Joseph Smith and works. Uh, Islam believes that you go through Muhammad and works. Buddha works. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. They're not all the same gods. There is one God and one God only. And he is the Lord God Jehovah. There is Jesus and life through him and him alone. Any other way leads to death and destruction. These guys were trying to, to, to worship Paul and Barnabas, but they weren't gods. Paul and Barnabas were servants of the God. And they knew it. And they stopped them. So what are the takeaways from today? Paul went to the very heart of the battle and preached the gospel. He didn't hesitate. He went to the synagogue in every town, every city. He preached the gospel of Christ on Saturday in the synagogues and on Sunday among the Christians. This man did not care. He told everybody about the gospel. He did not care who he offended. He just cared that they knew about Jesus. Jesus says, Offend them with the gospel. They will be offended. Paul, he went out and he offended them with the truth, with the gospel. And when I say offend them, I don't mean he went and he did everything that he could wrong that would insult them. No, he went out, he preached Jesus, and that offended them because it is the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. He did not preach an easygoing message. He didn't stand up and exhort them and say, you're okay, I'm okay. No, he preached Jesus and him crucified. He never watered down his message. He never appeased the people. He preached the gospel. The people who heard that message responded 
to the gospel. It speaks to their heart, to their empty lives. It speaks to their soul because the spirit is sitting there. If you're preaching in the spirit, the spirit is sitting there pricking their hearts and telling them, this is what you need. God set Paul and Barnabas aside for himself and set their path before them. He had prepared the way. He had prepared the hearts of the people. And now the messengers are seeing the results of that. I pray that we too will always preach the gospel of Jesus and him crucified. I also pray that we never close our hearts to the promptings of the Spirit. The nudge we get that the people need to hear the gospel and that we are the ones God is sending to a lost and dying world. There can be no revival if God has no messengers, no preachers to preach the gospel day in and day out. If they do not hear, how can they know? And how can they hear if we don't tell them? Paul and Barnabas went into the very heart of the synagogue, the very heart of the Jewish religion, and he preached the gospel time and again, regardless of the cost, regardless of the, of, of the challenges he faced. And that if, if he got persecuted, got chased out of town, the next week he was in another synagogue preaching the gospel again. Paul was a transformed life. And it took... It stuck. His meeting with Jesus affected him for 40 years. How long has your meeting with Jesus affected you? Do we say, God, what are you doing for me today? Or God, what can I do for you today? Maybe we ought to look at Paul's message a little bit more as example. That's what the purpose of all these are with Saul and with Paul examples of the good examples of the bad so next time we will get into the next chapter of paul and in the next chapter of paul you're going to see paul throw his hands up and say i'm done but god says no you're not because he gave up just two seconds too soon because at just a couple hours after he says i'm done he has a great revival so hang around and we will see that on the next time until then, have a great day.